coming up on Just Elders Podcast. The GED instructors were scared to come to work. She said, these kids are rough. She like these are. She said this is like the collegiate level of all the badass kids in high school. <laughs> <laughs> she said they graduate high school. PhD or roughneck. No, that that community is gone now. So now I think we started out. Somebody was talking about the music when they talking about jumping out the bandos. Those bandos that they were rapping about jumping out of, they should have been rapping about purchasing the bandos. Because now our school is literally about four and a half to five minutes away from a golf course. All of these systems are systems of white supremacy. And so when you look at the story, how they reported it, it was a lot different from when they reported the story about the black boy and the white teacher. Yeah. So, so I'm that. talking about the reporting of the story. And then in the end, the black folks all went to jail and the black woman got her child taken. I'm completely against black kids going to white private schools. I'm an advocate against it. And if you're doing it now, you're putting your kid through hell and they are not equipped to articulate to tell you that's what they're going through. But your kid's going through hell. I don't live that shit. So if you think you're putting your kid through a better education because they're in an all-white private school, and fuck all that. This is the first day and I'm about to lose my job. The plight of teachers in this society, if they try to do anything to help black children, then they're going to they gonna be looked at as an enemy. Upon our first visit, when she walked in the room, her name was Hannah. I, I got to say it because she, she would love for me to do this. She's out the classroom and everything. And I said, Guten Tag, Frau. She said, Guten Tag, sprechen Sie Deutsch? I said, yeah, it's heißt so hugger. It's sprechen Deutsch so so. One of the things I always talk about is this concept called linguistic constipation. Oh. And if you, if you Google that, if you Google that, you'll, my name will come up. Linguistic constipation. Enough is enough. We know teachers should be professional and whatnot, but there's no other profession on the face of planet Earth where you will allow somebody to walk in and swing on one of your employees and you tell that employee that he or she is supposed to be the professional. Ready? Born ready. We all agree tonight, all of the speakers have agreed that America has a very serious problem. Not only does America have a very serious problem, but our people have a very serious problem. America's problem is What's up, family? It's your boy Eldridge, and you are tuning into the greatest podcast to ever hit the airways. That is the Just Eldridge Podcast, and as always, I'm super excited because this episode is going to be the best episode I have ever recorded. I say that every time, and I mean it every time. Before I get started, let me just thank each and every last person that tuned in last week. Last week's episode was dope. We had our fourth volume of the Why Black Man Why. And um, the reason why I like the Why Black Man Why is because, you know, it really shows how brothers interact. Most of the brothers don't know each other. They be complete strangers. And it's just like barbershop talk. And, you know, we just get in there talking trash, talking shit. And the episodes literally go for hours before you look up. So last week was great. Before we jump in, though, I think we got a couple of reviews. Keith, how you feeling, man? What's up, bro? What's up, man? Giving them reviews, bro. Giving them reviews, man. What people talking about on the Just Elders podcast? Uh, let's see. We got a uh, review here. 
got this review here uh, from Lena619, Comedy and Wisdom. Love this podcast. It keeps getting better and better. Mm. I look forward to the Tuesday drop every week. Keep doing your thing, sir. Okay, okay. Appreciate you, Lisa. Appreciate you. She feel the same way each week. Lena, holla at you. Next one, Loris Chai. Well done. I must say, in this era where everyone has a podcast. It's true. Uh this one is an anomaly. SAT, SAT work. <laughs> <laughs> I've been I've been hooked since listening to the first episode. It reaches new heights every week. I find myself on the edge of my seat with anticipation of the next topic. Mm, I like that. Good, good job capturing and intriguing my interest. Keep up the insightful work. And thank you for shooting us uh, shouting us out and shooting us a review because we need them. Yeah, man, appreciate it, man. Like. Although I appreciate the hood reviews, I got a lot of texts. That'd be cool, but what helps us is when y'all actually go on the platform. Now, a lot of you, a lot of you are actually listening on Spotify, um, iHeartRadio, and I understand they don't have like a rating system. As you can still, you can still uh, uh, follow us on it. Yeah, yeah. It's your favorite. And give us some stars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, I had a sister. She had gave me this dope shout-out on Facebook. And I like, yo, please put that as a review. And she like, I'm listening on Spotify. And I'm like, all right, I'll take it. So, so, so we'll take the uh, social media shout-outs, and we'll start reading those, too. <laughs> yeah, the social medias. Put me in your stories. You know what I'm saying? Tag me. All of that stuff helps. It really does. The link is always in the description, so it's easy to tag. And, and you know, I just, you know, appreciate that it's more people than my mama listening. That's a big deal for me. We done came a long way. Mama, mama, mama said give me them yams too. Is and, right, and the last, and the last uh, uh, review we got here, it says, "Listen," with a bunch of exclamation points. Phenomenal platform that allows our king to have open dialogue. Mm, they don't call me king, no, no, no. So yeah, so that's our reviews this week. Man. Oh, that's all she said. Yeah, that's, that's oh, she, <laughs> she said that shit up like she about to say a lot more. <laughs> Oh shit! All right, you know what? Let's do this. Today uh, we're gonna switch it up a little bit. Um, as I always say, if you go back to listen to episode zero zero zero, it's my intro episode, and I said I am talking about everything on this podcast, everything I care about, everything I think about. It don't matter. So that's business community guide and porn sometimes um but this episode i kept seeing something come up i've been wanting to have this and i ain't know when to slide it in but this week for some reason i kept seeing a lot of videos like it's just like they have increased uh students in the classroom whether they were slapping the teacher disrespecting them or a teacher or whooping their ass or a parent coming to school, reprimanding their own child, and then losing their child. It's it's a conversation we got to have. And anybody that knows me knows I'm passionate about education, not because I'm just one of those people that like school and I want to be in school all the time. I'm passionate about education because I'm personally disappointed in my personal education experience. So... That's why I want to have this conversation. And today I brought on the greatest educators I know. 
And I always said this last week. Last week I said one of the proudest things I am is a member of Let Us Make Man. And um, both of these brothers so happen to be Let Us Make Man members. So this first brother I'm going to bring onto the mic. If you follow me on Facebook, you've seen him. He argued with me about everything. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> you know, matter of fact, I had Io on last week. And I said Io was egging on the Easter Ray shit. Man, this nigga was goddamn going harder than Easter Ray. <laughs> so, you know what, man? I love this brother. Um, uh, he remember Let Us Make Man. I didn't meet this nigga during this time, but they said he was in Let Us Make Man for a year and he ain't talked. <laughs> three three years <laughs> he was a letter man for three years without talking this nigga ain't did nothing but talk since i'm <laughs> but, you know i miss the glory days <laughs> but uh i want to bring this brother on man because he's an educator he's an educator to educators you know what i'm saying and the brother's doing his thing y'all please give a round of applause for my big brother babatunji Please to be here. Please to be here. Do you want to? What do you want to go be called? That's Tunji. 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 That's cool. All right. How That's you feeling, cool. bro? I'm. I'm good. I'm good. Man, I'm, good. I'm, I'm happy to be here. Man, I'm happy you're here yeah, too. Finally, man. finally, it's, it's been going on for a while. And it's my first time being invited, so I'm, uh, I'm glad to be here. Are you a listener? <laughs> <laughs> oh. I be listening. Oh shit. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Oh, I know. I know you were cringing in some of these episodes. <laughs> <laughs> oh snap. But look, I'm glad you're here, brother. Um, we're gonna we're gonna dive into the conversation a little later about what you do and how you do it. This next brother I'm bringing to the stage, and also before I do this, I got two guests, two brothers, and I always got a listener to say, "How you having a conversation without sisters?" You know what? Because my whole education, my biggest regret, I've never had a black teacher, a black male teacher. That's my biggest regret. So this was my opportunity to create the classroom that I wanted and that I needed. So for all my uh, sister educators out there, I love y'all too. And, and then y'all weren't available, so fuck it. We having the conversation. This next brother, that's me keeping it 100. So this next brother, I got to bring him to the stage, man. Uh, let us make man. You know, we got a couple of characters, man. But it's it's, it's you know... It's some characters that everybody know because they have a role. And this brother, his role is to fire it up. When we bring them out, it's over. We have a couple of seminars that need the gym because they can't hold all the students. This brother, he needs all that space because when he presents, he brings a pool, <laughs> a fishing pole, a library. <laughs> This nigga bring a hundred props. <laughs> but, you know, man, I'm excited, man. This is my big brother, man. Somebody that brought me in the fold and accepted me. Uh, and I'm glad you're here. Y'all make a round of applause for my big brother, my friend. Walk 100. Yeah, 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 yeah. About to fire up the airways. Mr. Awaken the Genius coming to you live and direct straight off of McDaniel Street. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, well, how you feeling, bro? 
Man, I'm always excited when I'm in the presence of Let Us Make Man Brothers, man. And especially if we got the youngest in charge and we got my diehard way back, all the way from Thomas and Down to Jacksonville, Florida. We used to call him man back in the days. And then I found out he was Cambone. And then I found out he missed a renew. And today I just found out he just go by two <laughs> You can't get no better than that, E-Rod. So big homie Walker just ready to just fight his thing up, man, because we're not holding any blows today, man. We just going, we're going round and round, man, until they just ring the last bell. Cool. Uh, I forgot they call you Man Tunji. Oh yeah, because that's my name too. Yeah, what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like if you if you family, you call because my middle name is Manuel, yeah. and everybody just call me Man. Yeah, and that's what made Man and all that stuff came. From. Wow, I didn't know that. Learned something. Yeah, I, I forgot they got you. So. Gentlemen, let's get into it, man. I'm, I'm glad y'all here, man. Again, when I say y'all are some of the greatest educators I know, I don't take that shit lightly. And the cool thing about it, I'm saying it based off of what I know, and I've never been in y'all classroom. What's really cool, Keith mm-hmm. actually was taught by Tunji. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, so, <laughs> like I told him, the, the first, first of all, speaking of black teachers, right, we didn't have any black teachers until I came to Atlanta. And moved down to Atlanta, ninth grade. But it was it was like a good amount mm-hmm. of black male teachers there. <clears throat> and I just remember <laughs> I came in the classroom, and you were sitting in the style on top of your desk, and you were like, I'm gonna <laughs> teach y'all this stuff, but you know, I'm gonna teach y'all some other stuff too. Like, <laughs> and it kind of just had me look at like teaching in a different way. Cause I was like, wow, like they really do try to program us. Mm-hmm. And I I remember like Every week it was like a different thing, like a little pushback on you from the administration, like, yeah. you know, do it this way. You're like, oh. Yep. <laughs> You're so cool with it, like, oh. You were in this class, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you know, and it just really just kind of, yeah. you know, plant seeds of consciousness to, you know, to, to, to wake you up. And uh, I really do appreciate that. Right. And I appreciate, um, you know, just you obviously paying attention and, um, you know, and I'm, and I'm glad that something was said that, Bring, brought brought out that revolutionary in you because you, right now you're definitely a revolutionary and you hang around revolution, revolutionaries. Right, right. And so, you know, anything that I could have planted that brings out that revolutionary in our black students, hey, I'm with it. I'm with it. I'm, I'm, it makes me proud. This is dope, man. Um, I'm, I'm really excited about this. I'm going to just jump in like this. This is how I want to start it. Why did you start teaching? Um, we in an age where y'all are super intelligent brothers. Um literally could do anything you want to do i know y'all personalities i know y'all ambition i see your leadership skills you could have did anything you wanted to do uh education is being a teacher is not the sexiest job in the world and it's not many black male teachers like that anyway so why did you decide to go to the classroom i want to talk about the genesis of your career yeah you start you know actually um i was headed in a different direction and um you know, when I was in high school, I got exposed to uh, hip hop that uh, talked about consciousness, and um, and as a result, it, it influenced me as a person. And so I used to do a lot of uh, black talk when I was even in high school. And um, so I didn't think I was going to graduate from high school. I, I was a I was at the top or the bottom half of the class, and um, and so you, I went you to at the top though. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so I went to the, I actually went to the army first, and I was in the army for five months, twenty nine days, and eight hours. And uh, they tried to send me to Saudi Arabia. Well, actually, it was Kuwait. They tried to send me to Kuwait. And so my, uh, when they told me I was going to Kuwait, my legs started hurting real bad. And so they told me, if, if I keep complaining, it's going to put me out. And so I said, you promise? So, <laughs> so, so I kept complaining. 
I kept complaining they put me out, and so um, I was at home, at the house. You, you know, have an honorable discharge? A discharge? No, it was, it was like a general. It's like I was never there because I had flat feet, and so it was like, you, well, you you weren't supposed to be here in the first place. Damn. So, so, uh, but anyway, um, I went back home, was working in the food court, and then a friend of mine came and said, hey, you know, uh, if you if you apply to FAMU, even though you had low scores, they're gonna accept you if you write an essay, and I was good at writing, and so um, I wrote the essay, got accepted, got accepted to FAMU. And um, when I first went there, because I was in uh, finished basic training, I thought maybe well, I can go and be, uh, you know, go into law. And um, so I was actually in law at first, criminal justice. And uh, I came up here to Atlanta, and I was visiting a friend, and she was at, she was going to Spelman. And, and as we were sitting out in the parking lot, she said, well, why, why are you in the criminal justice? You talk about this black stuff, and you— you know, you revolutionary this and revolutionary that. Uh, why are you not teaching history? And I, used to, I said, you know what, that makes sense. And so I changed my major to history, and um, and that's how I got in, into education. Um, and you know, man, the sisters, man, we need them, bro. Hey, they, we need them. They be pointing us in the direction we should go. My man would have been a whole historian cop out here. <laughs> my man, my man. Okay, so in college, that's when you really just decided right. to go there. Mm-hmm. Um, before before you did that. Uh, a teacher that stood out to you? Did you have a black male teacher? Um, when I was, uh, I think I was in the 10th grade, I had an English teacher who was a, a seven-day Adventist. Um, he was the first one who I, ter- who I heard talk about diet and how important diet is. Um, well, you're a vegan now? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. How long you been a vegan? Uh, well, okay, so <laughs> from 19... Um, Look, he laughed. From, from 1991... He got married, he ain't a vegan no more. <laughs> <laughs> From 1991 <laughs> to 2001, I was a really strict asshole vegan. You know, I brought my own pots and pans to my mama's house. So I was like a, a food Nazi. <laughs> hey, look. That nigga done brought the... I don't see the cooler and let us make man, but... That man oh, bring yeah. the cooler every week, but... <laughs> so then I... So after that, I, I introduced uh, uh, seafood into my diet. So now, I'm, you know, I went back to being a vegan again, but I'm not as strict. You know, if, it, if I go out and... And the only thing on the menu that I can eat is salmon, and I'll, I'll do that. So I'm not as strict as I was, but um, so I've been. I started that whole diet thing in uh, 1991. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Walt, well, man, tell us how you got here, man. Man, I'm about like tuned you, bro. I was at Bama State. I went to school to be a lawyer. I also had my own acronym, YBL, Young Black Lawyer, because that that was just what it was gonna be. I was that nigga walked always here. Sometimes yeah, click, yeah. Bang. Yeah, I man. I was gonna be a um, I was gonna be an attorney, but I, I just I hate that we did not have the Chris Leopold's and Miley Davis and Durante Partridge and what? William Bodies of the world because what? I think that's the only thing else that stopped me Miguel. from becoming like Miguel, exactly. Right. Miguel, Mel Burroughs. Mel yeah. Burroughs. And, and we got a lot of attorneys in our squad, and, right? and that's just on our team and that's the frontline lawyers. Right. We're not talking about those ones who are de facto lawyers that we can reach out to by default through them, right. you know, so I think when I got to college, Eldred, I had that out-of-state tuition, and you know, being young, you know, people tell you don't go out-of-state, you know, you know, the cost more, you don't understand all that stuff, because your mama didn't even go to college, you know what I mean, right, so right. I went mm-hmm. against advice, so I got to college, and all of a sudden, man, the first year, they loaded me up with financial aid, and you know, I'm like, hey, yeah, this was a great decision, second year, they gave me that real big boy um, balance sheet, and I'm like, I can't afford to stay here. <laughs> and somebody did the same thing they did with Tunji. One of my, you know, one of my big brothers now, man. He's my mentor, my friend, my peer, my colleague. He told, and my frat brother, he's an alpha man. He told me about this education scholarship. I'm like, dude, I don't want to be a teacher. 
He's just like, bro, it's not like they're going to follow you around after you graduate, you know, to make sure that you teach. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I'm like, so I can just, just get the scholarship and do it. And then, you know, once I get out, I can still go to law school. He like, yeah, you know, so bet. So I, I, I wrote an essay, did like you did, Tunja. I got into the class. But here's the crazy thing, Eldred. It was like magic. Once I start taking education courses, I decided at that point when I shifted from political science to social science education that I could do more to help black people on this side of the law than I ever could have done on that side of the true, law. True, true. If that makes sense. Well, so that's how I kind of Damn. fell into education. Give me that educator for you, man. Where that you had an impact in high school. Man, the educator for me, man, is Walk also. His nickname is Walk, just like I'm Walk. You know, he was Homer Walker. I called him, man, like a school dad. He never taught me a class. He was just that black man in the mm. building who actually was like that father away from the hood. And, you know, he, he was like the only person I can think of to this day that the police rode through the hood and people were out there drinking, smoking, doing whatever. You know, it's kind of like, what up? He rode through the hood, Negro throwing bottles, you know, trying to put the blunt out and doing whatever, man, just to make sure that they never lost his respect. You know, he was that one when I went to college, or no, prior to me going to college, he came to my classroom, and I recall in the middle of class, you know, you couldn't get away with this stuff today. And he put his hand, you know, I would just say gently for sake of the podcast, around my throat, and he told me Negro, and he did not say Negro. He said, you're going to jail or hell. I said, damn, those are the only two options I got. <laughs> I said, what about college? I said, what about college? He said, you're not going to live to see college, brother. And I remember that, Ed, because at that point in time, college all of a sudden became an option for me. Had he not made that statement, I don't think I ever even would have gone to college. And I said, well, I don't have, you know, like, I, I said, I don't have the money to take the SAT. And he said, I'll pay for it. I said, I don't have a ride. He said, I'll come and pick you up. I said, them folks say you need to eat a good breakfast. He said, I'll bring breakfast when I pick you up after I pay for the SAT. And the only thing I had left in my arsenal was, you ain't my daddy. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but I'll leave you with this, Elder. That gentleman followed me not only through that experience. When I graduated college, he had every single one of my report cards from college because I mailed them to him on the wall in this classroom with my photo up there just to encourage other young brothers from the hood. When I graduated, besides my own mother and father and siblings, he was the first person I saw. When I got married, he had two homemade quilts made for you know me and my family. So when you talk about being an educator, that's totally different than being a teacher. So I would not even degrade him by referring to him as a teacher. So he was an educator who encompasses everything that I feel like I am. See, man, when I hear stories like that, bro, I just get fucking mad, dog. Like, for real, man, like, so my education career, let's just, boom, come out, right? My mom's a professional gospel singer, and we traveling the world. So we homeschool. And it's not homeschool. Your mom is so passionate about the educational system. She's not trying to put you in them fucked up schools. <laughs> it's just your mama ain't got time. <laughs> to go pick, take you to school, pick you up, and travel the United States. It ain't like my mama was passionate about education. My mama had an answer key. <laughs> 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 you know, and she gonna get, look, I'm calling you out, mama. Fuck it. <laughs> hey, and I mean, if the answer key was wrong, then bro, everything you learned was wrong. No. And look, it was a time, because we had got connected with a church that had the same shit. <laughs> the answer key was wrong. <laughs> and I had got into it, for real, I got into it with a country-ass white woman about uh, the it was like wet day of the week. Wet day starts the week. I said Sunday. The answer key said Monday. And this white woman literally argued me down that the answer key is right, bro. Like I never forget that shit. So like my career, like my education career was mixed with a couple of things. One, my mom put us in the homeschool, so I found the answer key. That's when I just started cheating. 
because let me tell you why. My mama the reason why I cheat. I cheated in school. I'm gonna be real with y'all, and I and I tell her this to this day. I I never forget coming home asking her for help with my homework, and I'm genuinely I'm just not getting it. I'm genuinely not getting it, and she like breathe. You know, how the, you know, the, uh, little video was like, boy, if you got five apples, I don't like them videos because that shit me. <laughs> like that, <laughs> that shit was me. And I remember my mama gave me a whooping because she got frustrated with me. And I was like, hold on. I came to my mama for help to do my schoolwork and I got a whooping because I ain't understand. I said, I'll never ask you for help again. And that's when I just started cheating, like literally. So my whole academic career, I never had a black male teacher. I think I had, I think I had one black teacher, Miss Arnold. That was my sixth grade math teacher. She was fine as hell. I never forget her. But other than that, all my teachers have been white. All my teachers have been uh, women, and I just feel like if I would have had that black male teacher, um, because I had left public school, I had got in trouble again. The only private, only public school I did was sixth through eighth grade. And those were very transformative years for me. Uh, that was my first time really being able to learn who I was and how I responded to peer pressure. And, you know, I learned a lot. Ended up getting in trouble. Ended up going to Athens Christian School. That shit was like sending your kid in the, uh, the lion's den. You know what I'm saying? Like in the, in the hyena pit. Sending a young lion into a hyena pit. That's how I'm completely against black kids going to white private schools. I'm an advocate against it. And if you're doing it now, you're putting your kid through hell, and they are not equipped to articulate to tell you that's what they're going through. But your kid's going through hell. I don't live that shit. So if you think you're putting your kid through a better education because they're in an all-white private school, and fuck all that. It's, you're doing something to them that you can't even understand the experience, and I lived it. So when I hear y'all stories, man, stuff like that be jealous because I, I just – I know I wasn't dumb in high school, but I thought I was because I, w- I was bored. I didn't I didn't like the work. I didn't understand the work, but I, I love to read. I used to read a lot. You know what I'm saying? Um, and then I just I just remember nobody challenging me at the private school other than sports. There was no challenge for me. Nobody asked me to, you know, no coach like the coach would look at you any day and be like, you can run f- faster. You can go harder. You can do more. But nobody looked at my grades and said, why are you not trying? Mm-hmm. Nobody did that. And they all just kind of accepted me where I was. Like, it, And I love what you say. What, what's your line, y'all? I ain't even going to say it. I'm going to let you say it. What about the bar? You can't high jump if the bar is set too low. And that's what happened. The bar when I came in the public, when I came in the private school at Athens Christian School, the bar for me academically was set. They did not expect me to compete with them white boys, they or them white girls. They never wanted me to be the valedictorian. They were like, "This, you are where you are. Play sports." That's that's my academic career. So when I hear stories like that, I get like mad because I'm like, "What would have happened if I would have had that differently?" You know what I'm saying? So. um, Let's get here, man. Let's uh get back to y'all, y'all, y'all careers. Tune you, man. This is your first year educating, man. Your first time getting to the classroom. Tell me about that experience. Because <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I want to make the comparison between when you started to where we are now. Right. I so you, make- it, it was a, it was an interesting year. Um, you know, I was a, a new revolutionary. Um, 
<laughs> and I was teaching elementary. Dashikis every day. Yeah, right, exactly. Dashikis every day. Um, in, in, teaching in elementary school and uh, in, in Clayton County. And um, I, I used to, I, I remember uh, reaching out to a friend of mine uh, who was in a, a rap group called uh, Day of Prayers. And, and I was saying, you know, if, if you, if you uh, it's Kanum, uh, also known as Stickman. And I remember reaching out to him and, and saying, hey, uh, you know, uh, you know how, how would you address these type of students who have these issues, and and because um, because I used to have a lot of conflict because I, I went in there uh, you know revolution revolution you know it was more like a preaching preaching talking down and he was like you know he was he he was like well re- find out why they are in the situation they in find out why they are doing the things they do and uh, you know and realize that and then come from that perspective and after that it was it was a different story and you know. Uh, I remember just being honest with him, saying, "Hey, you know, we we oppress people. You all need to know that this is this is a, the uh, one of the the pillars of white supremacy. This education system, and you all need to fight that system. And so you so you're not here to fight me. We we in this we in this together. We need to fight this system together. And so, um, you know, and I'm, I remember thinking, uh, well, no, I, re- I remember thinking later on that if if they realized what was going on in that classroom, they probably would kick my ass out of there. Um, I remember I had the, the instrumental." To a police state, and uh, two two of my students was gonna perform that in the. They had learned the whole song because I was playing their prayers in the in the classroom. Right. The, these two students had learned the entire song uh, of, of police state, and so they were gonna perform it in a talent show. But luckily, the talent show was canceled uh, because my ass would have been put out there if they went into, <laughs> went, went, went in the talent show talking about throwing Molotov cocktails at the precinct. And that's how we think, you know. So uh, that first what, year, what year was that? This was um, nineteen ninety eight. Yeah. But think how relevant that is in 2019. Exactly, that's crazy. And so, yeah, so man, you know, that first year was something else. And and, and I don't think I, I don't think I um, learned how to be more um, strategic until shoot after we met. After, after it was because we were still doing some, doing some stuff. <laughs> and, and, so so what's that? What's that student? What's that first student that confirmed you in the right place? That that student that just affirmed that you know what I'm supposed to be here. It was, was oh that that's that first year um, when those that this student had all kinds of issues. Um, he, him and his sister ended up running away from home and, and running up, going up to New York because they didn't want to be down here because they had got moved down here by their parents. And um, when they learned that entire song, I was like, these students are gifted. I mean, I couldn't memorize a whole song like that. Um, and so that, when I re- when I seen the effects of teaching the truth. Uh, on those students and how impactful it was, I was like, "This is exactly where I need to be, in in this type of environment." So there's only this is year, I think twenty one for me, twenty one or twenty two, one of those years uh, since nineteen ninety eight. Uh, I've only taught one year at a predominantly white school, and all other years were in in the hood, and um, you know I, I realized that that's where I wanted to be. That's where I always want to be. All right, Walt, man, your first day in classroom, man, what happened? Wow, <laughs> listening to Tunja, I'm getting inspired all over again. You know, Tunja and I, we do this thing, man. I honestly, he can tell you this. I can sit there and listen to him talk, and I could actually teach whatever he's teaching without ever doing any preparation, because it's like we're evenly yoked. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I love y'all. And for those that don't know, they both teach the same workshop together. Yeah. Uh, Awakening the genius in black youth. So so Elder, that first day, man, I tell you, I was in Montgomery, Alabama, Monkey Town, baby. <laughs> West the Gulf Fairview Avenue. Everybody <laughs> checking in from that Fairview Avenue side of thing, man. I'm talking about West Fairview. 
So don't don't get it twisted. So I walk in, he got my tie on, got my little slacks on, looking good, feeling good. I'm a I'm a buck. Looking good, hey, smelling good, yeah, smelling good. I'm a buck fifteen. I'm not thick like I am. Not, you know what I'm so I walk in, he, I've learned everything on my student teaching and whatnot. You know, I'm thinking, look, I got this thing down because I know I know my stuff. And man, I'm gonna I'm gonna blend this with your second question as well. Like, who is that student? Yeah, the student Richard Centron. I never forget man, that it. That nigga sound bad. <laughs> hey, <laughs> Andrew, I'm sitting at my desk. I think this was the last time I ever sat at my desk as a teacher. You know, because I became an educator after this. And educators don't sit in their desk. They're always moving around. They're always assessing all things, not just the academic side. And Richard Centron had his headphones on. Man, we were at Carver Junior High School. Never forget this first real job, you know, with a salary. Yeah. And, you know, Benefits. I, yeah, I can't, can't lose this thing. So I, I say, man, <laughs> hey, hey, I'm looking at my man. I'm looking at my man, Centron. I say, man, um, ask the kid next time. I say, could you ask him to take his headphones off? You know, this first day of class, Centron already strapped up. Might have been listening to Dan Prez. You know what I'm <laughs> <laughs> so uh, he, he moves his head like this. He, he does it for the people who are not in the studio. Y'all missing the show. Oh, y'all missing a real joke. So he does like this. He said, what? I said, hey, man, how about removing your headphone? He said, yeah. <laughs> and just go back to Bob and that thing. He, 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 he went right back like I didn't say anything. I say, man, Keith, how about touching um, You know, I went from how about touching that young man? Keith, how about touching homeboy on his shoulder right quick? You, you, do you see that progression yeah, right, right, right here? Right, right. what you call progressive discipline right here, too. <laughs> uh, brother did like this again, y'all. He said, this time he got a little slight frown with it, y'all. I say, man, I'm finna date myself, E. I said, man, take that Walkman off in class, bro. <laughs> now you know Walkman. <laughs> <laughs> hey, E. Hey, man, just like a real G, he put the headphone back on, the Walkman back on, because we've gone from headphone to Walkman, put the Walkman back on, went back to Bobby. And E, this when I became an educator on the first day of school, doc. I got up and I went and sat on the front of my desk. Too. I never have sat in a teacher's chair again. I, I became an educator this day. And I, like you said, man, if people only understood. And I just say this right here, E. I thought about where to go because college had not prepared me for this day, and this is day one. And I said, hey! Expletive, expletive, expletive. And it was just like some stuff. I did not even prepare, man. And all I know is, I don't know what the students started writing that day, Gumbo, but everybody in the entire class, man, just started writing. And at the end of the class, E, Richard Centron was just, you know, fiddling around in his bag like, he, you know, he, he couldn't get it together just for everybody else to get out the classroom. And he walked up to me, and we were squared off, and, you know, right there at the threshold of the door, bro, almost like a movie or something. <laughs> and I, I dropped that right foot back slightly, E, you know, from the hood. I had dropped that right <laughs> foot back slightly. Get in, a, get, a, get in that position, E. And he, this is what I was saying to myself, God, this is the first day and I'm about to lose my job because I will not let this Negro put me in the newspaper with a black eye. <laughs> 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 I got to have the rocket pose if I'm there. <laughs> so he, he looks me in my eyes, man, and this is education at his best right here. He said, hey, man. I said, what's up, bro? He said, man, I've never had anybody to talk to me like that. He said, you all right with me? And when he walked off E, I knew I was in the right place because that evening after school, I just saw cats looking around the corner like, that's him right there, little skinny man right there. They said, yeah, shout it crazy, man. Rich, um, Centron told me, but shout it all right, though. 
And from that time on, man, I became like this living legend at Carver. And I moved on to Carver High School where they started calling me Slick Walker. And I started an organization called Slicks, which stood for um, Sovereign Leadership, Intellect, Concern, Knowledge, Equal Success. But it all came from the nickname that my students on the west side of the Gump gave me, man. So that's it, man. That's how I moved man, from see, teacher see, to educator. See, brother. all right. So for those that don't know, man, this this he ain't lying. So now I want to train. I want to fast forward to how even Letters Make Man got started. So Walker's in school, and he's educating. They say he's teaching what. Too much black history at a black school with a black female principal. Not that female is important, but just with a black leader. And tell the story. Because I want people to know, like, you, this shit real. That day, you became an educator. Mm-hmm. And students love you. Like, one thing about it, I, I, one thing I love that Walt does, he Facebook live his classroom. Yeah, we're not making yeah. this stuff up. Yeah, like, when, when he Facebook live his classroom... I'm like, damn, man, I'm kid having fun. I could only imagine, like, I can't wait to get to walk class today. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And then, and really, you fucking it up for every other teacher. <laughs> because if you a teacher and not an educator, like, if I just left your class, nigga, fuck you. I'm, I'm not listening. Nigga, where my walk man at? <laughs> like, I'm, <laughs> let me do the central. <laughs> I'm, I'm putting my walk man on. I'm bored. But, you know, tell them a story about that, and then we're going we're gonna to okay. get to the next part. So I jump right on into this thing, man. I won't belabor it, but I will say this right here, man. Tri-Cities is when I went from. So that's an evolution, a constant evolution. So I went Carver um, Junior High, Southland Middle, Carver High School. Those were like the best days, man, ever for me as an educator because it gave me a foundation that prepared me to go anywhere in the whole world and teach. So when people say, bro, you are you in Atlanta, man, you're going to be teaching that South Atlanta off Cleveland Avenue or you at North Clayton, man, you know, over there on Norman Drive. Bro, you know them kids right there? Yeah, 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 shout out, man. I remember that road. So, you know, it's like Carver, though, gave me such, man, it was so much love. They poured so much into me. The students, they got poured into them. But they poured so much into me in establishing who I was that when I hit Tri-City, I never forget it. Uh, my interview, the woman says to me that I need to read this book called Ebony Eyes. I need you to catch this whole progression. So I'm thinking, this is about to be solid right here. I'm like, what is it about? She's like, you know, we don't have, you know, a whole lot of these kind of teachers. Y'all, y'all see what I'm doing right here. Mm-hmm. So, you know, a lot of these teachers right here, this, this is what she's telling me in the interview. Talk down, I'm all kids, so we need more these kind of men right here to be strong and lift. So I'm thinking she giving me the green light to just, you know, do what we do to build our community. So one day, E, this when it all um, came to, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm jumping around, but I want to just get you there quick. She came in room, boom, boom. We was eating, um, and for y'all people, y'all hear me say bone. That's Tunja's name, just the hood. Yeah, yeah, we yeah. got, we, we got, got, like we got a couple of names. Yeah, we got a couple of names. So he got walk, walk one hundred. Yeah. King, walk out. <laughs> so bone, she walks into the room, man, and you know she sees this, mm. this Pan African symbol right here, dog. She RBG, the red, yeah, RBG, RBG. Yeah. and she says this to me, brother. She says, "I hope you're not gonna um, come here teaching all that black stuff." I said, is this mm-hmm. the same woman who said what she said during the interview? And I said, what do you mean by black stuff? She just said, you know, we don't need you teaching all kids all that stuff. And I think she lit a fire in me because I wasn't teaching all that black stuff. I was empowering 
black students. Right. Right. I was not only empowering black students, I was empowering Middle Easterners. Mm -hmm. I was empowering my Asian students. But she only saw the blackness of it, and that was what's wrong with E. So I, I'll never forget it, man. Um, we were doing testing, and I'm jumping all the way to the end because yeah. I, want, I want everybody yeah. to just give me any questions or anything. We were doing testing, man. They called my name on the intercom, and they said um, they need me at the main office. And I'm like, for what? They just said, you know, um, they just need you at the main office. And I said, well, I'm, I'm packing up for testing. I can't leave, like, testing materials, you know, like, not secure or whatnot. So anyway, man, I go up, and they um, tell me. No, no, matter of fact, they said an assistant principal down. I just saw him in Walmart the other day and spoke to him accidentally because I had made a promise I would never speak to that Negro again if I ever saw him in life. You know, because he he played he played that um do boy role very well without mm, knowing me. Mm, and now mm -hmm. as I'm starting to climb, you know, I will see him again when I look down at the bottom. Like you said earlier on, too, he's going to be at the top of the bottom, right? So, E, I go in there, and they tell me that I don't need to report to work. Hold on. What you mean I don't need to report to work? It's just, you just don't need to report to work. So I panic. You know, like, I, I need to figure out what's going on here. Y'all haven't given me any explanation, so y'all have some paperwork or something for me? They didn't give me any paperwork. So I go, and I call one of my homeboys, Mr. Williams, who worked with us at um, North Clayton back in the days. And he turns me on to this sister who turns me on to her uncle, who's an attorney, who ends up not being a Molly or a Bodie or somebody who, because I still got all the binders. If I could show you all the stuff they did that was just like unprofessional, um, stuff in my personal file that doesn't have letterhead on it, you know, stuff that they conjured up. Like I had an organization, which I still have today, Brothers Building Up Brothers. They say it was only exclusive to black boys, and I did not include other, you know, ethnic groups. And if you look at the the, the color copy of the yearbook, you see that I have Mamoon. You don't know any brother's name, Mamoon. You'll see that I have Eververto. You know Eververto is not a brother. You know what I'm saying? Right, 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 but, right. but you kind of see the direction she was trying to take it. But she put a black and white picture in the personal file so everybody looks like they could be black. Right. So so um, it, after that, though, everything's just it, it, um, accelerated, bro. And I'll get you right to that day. I come um, into my room and my co-teacher, I won't put her name out there, but my co-teacher, she's a German sister who I love still to this day because um, – Upon our first visit, when she walked in the room, her name was Hannah. I, I got to say it because she, she would love for me to do this. She's out the classroom and everything. And I said, Guten Tag, Frau. She said, Guten Tag, sprechen Sie Deutsch? I said, yeah, it's heißt so hugger. Ich spreche Deutsch so so. Hey, look, you got to be a lettuce man, man to understand what just happened right there. That's that's hey, that's hey, so that moment, though, solidified something between she and I because I acknowledge her culture. Right. See, this is what educators do. I, I just saw her name was Hannah, and I automatically defaulted to she must be German. My foreign language in high school was German. So it immediately established a bond with us. So if y'all remember the weekend when Brian Nichols um, shot up the courthouse, I was at Benedict College speaking with Asa Hilliard. Bone, were you up there that weekend? I think you were there. Were we at Benedict College together? Oh, yeah. That's for yeah. Uh, uh, ASCAC. ASCAC, right. ASCAC, yeah. yeah. We were up there speaking, man. And I remember we met Steve, who does the shirts for Let Us Make Man. You know, well, you know who um, actually contributes and um, Jihad does the shirts. But um, Brother Steve told me, and that was my first time meeting him. Look at how the circle, just everything came full circle as a result of Tri-Cities and just things that's going on in the A. So he said, Brother, if you headed back to Atlanta, man, be careful because Brother just shot up the court. Now, you know, I don't know what's going on. He's like, man, just be careful. I ain't no telling what might happen. So so on my way back, I'm listening to one of my favorite motivational speakers, white guy named Zig Ziglar. Okay. No and um, in that speech, Zig Ziglar talks about Victor Frankl's Man's Search for Meaning. 
And I'm, you know, I'm an avid reader, Bone. You can just look at my text. Elder said I bring the library everywhere yeah, I go. He got about 20 so books it, in there. <laughs> so, Elder, on my way back, I said, when I get back to Atlanta, I got to get that book. When everything pops off at Tri-Cities, Ms. Hurley comes in the room. And she says, Hunter Hurley, she comes in and she says, I had this book I've been holding on to for you. She said, because now you have become Moby Dick. You're the biggest fish she's ever tried to catch. And she's going to pull out all of the stops to make sure she destroys you. She says, I want to make sure that you know that I got your back 100% or whatnot, and I think now is the appropriate time to give you this book. And you need to go and invest in your tape recorder because you never need to be in a meeting with her again without recording yourself just to ensure that you're protected. She gave me which book, E? Victor Frankel's Man's Search for Meaning. E, the very next day, we, we, we get the book. She tells me, she says, like, hey, I need you to call all your friends who got trucks, SUVs, tell them to move all your stuff out the class. I said, hold on now, hurry, hold up. That's a little too political. I'm not, I'm not into all that stuff. She said, no, this is not because what you're into. I need you to get everything out of that room because I've seen them do this to a teacher before. They're going to come into your room, and they're going to dig, and they're going to find something to actually publicly assassinate you with. See, no, most of the people in the public, e, I'm only giving you this because this is your podcast. Right. Most people know the story that hey, he was at Tri-City and it was a protest. So I'm getting very intimate with this right here. Right. And right. I have all the Exclusive. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. This is an exclusive right here, baby. This is an exclusive. Hey, give me something right there, Keith. Right. Keith, this is a world premiere exclusive. Yeah. <laughs> so this, this is a so story. E, I ain't never, I've been listening man, for six years. I ain't never heard this. I don't think anybody's ever gotten this. E. That's what I'm saying. I'm only giving this up, man, because I, I feel like you're my little brother and I know you're going to Use this man for a righteous purpose. I get all of my friends who have trucks and stuff to come and get my stuff. I have no idea, Kevin, where I'm taking this stuff, why I'm taking it out. The very next day, I pop up to the school, man, and East Point Police is standing in my door. Wow. And I said, man, thank God for this beautiful German sister right here. And I said, she has to have a black husband or something. And that, that's well, a whole other, one. No, no, that's a whole other story. When we go to a, a, some other gala one day, and she says, I want to introduce you to my husband. I'm going to jump right back. And I'm looking at this brother over there. I'm like, well, I don't see a husband. I see this brother standing over there. And I said, that brother right there wouldn't happen to be your husband, would it? And she just started smiling. So I knew it, though, from day one, there was a connection. E. Yeah, I knew it. So e, after that, man, the protest, it, it jumps off. Next thing you know, man, the news got the story. I don't even know about the protest. E. I'm at home. So police, the East Point police are at your classroom? Yes, and they walk me up to the office, and they tell me that I need to go and sit in, like, the teacher's lounge, and they were going back and forth about I guess. I don't even know anything has jumped off. So all of this happened, bro. Imagine walking into your room, Tunji, and the police are standing at your door. So they take me around to the office, ask me to sit in, you know, like, the teacher's lounge. They come back and get me. I don't have a, I don't even have a chance to... Uh, articulate my thing. So habeas corpus, all this stuff they talk about in legalism, it's out the window. Right. I don't get due process. They just tell me I need to leave campus. Hold up, leave campus? Police escorts me to my car. So by this time, kids are seeing the police, but they try to sneak me out the back door. They don't want them to let me go down the hallway where my students are. Mm-hmm. Just so happens, some brother sees it. He runs down the hall. Hey, man, they trying to take Mr. Walkout, man. You know, they doing X, Y, and Z. And, man, all I know is a few hours later, he, no, no, right before I leave, they said, man, the hallways are packed. These kids are not going back to class. Can you just get them to go back? I said, it don't seem like it's my problem because I can't, you know, stay at the school right now. And the police says, man, come on, brother. He said, just, just man, look. You got this one kid up here, man. He's going bananas. Kid named Brian. I still, me and Brian still cool like that right now. I get on the phone. I said, B, check this out, man. You're a leader. You know how we rock. I need you to just do me one. I said, make sure everybody goes back to class. I said, but um, also, I think I had a fruitopia and a sun kiss on my desk, B. 
Can you bring that down here? Because the police won't let me come back in the building. So subliminally, I was letting that brother know, like, come hey, outside. Dude, come outside, because I need you to see my face one last time, because I know that you know these are chess moves being played right here. So I had to go into my forty-eight laws of power arsenal right there. You know right, what I'm saying? Right, right, right. So next thing I know, I get home eating. I close it out right here, man. I get home, man. Somebody called me and said, "Bro, you watching the news?" I'm like, "No, nah, why should I be watching the news?" I said, "Dude." Man, these kids protesting over at Tri Cities about you, man. They 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 have formed a walkout and everything. And e, that's just like that history right there brings me with Derek Bozeman, who started teaching the kids how to organize. Derek Miley Davis, who comes out to work with the kids pro bono. Um, Miley introducing me to Antavia's Wings for um work with some kids from France who had come to town. We over in the West End, and man, for I know it, I'm a founding member of Let Us Make Man, and I'm sitting here with you right now, giving one of the dopest um. I guess most intimate, de- given all the intimate details about Tri Cities, and that that's like scratching the surface. Nah, that's it. You know, you know, I can listen to the stories all day, man. I mean, just thinking about the, you know, and, and I don't know one time you told me there's a movie being shot about this. It's, yeah. com- it's coming. Yeah. Um, you know, that's some Joe Clark stuff. You know what I'm saying? In the sense that you like you have impacted y'all impact the kids so much. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That they willing to fight the system. So I want to get into that, man. Like, where are we now? 2019, I feel like educators, from the outside looking in, I feel like educators are set up to lose. It's just a losing. I don't, I, I think it's one of them things like Denzel Washington and Remember the Titans. I'm sending you out here. You can't lose no games. That's right. You lose one game, you fired. But I'm not going to give you the equipment you need. Support. I'm not going to give you the support you need. I'm not going to give you the things that I would give somebody who I want to win. But if you lose a game, you fired. And that's that's me. I'm not an educator. This is just from me on the outside looking in. What are y'all thoughts as far as how teachers are being supported in the system? I mean, when you think about education in America anyway, um, it's, it's doing exactly what it's supposed to do for, as far as black students are concerned. It's supposed to keep them in, in a place in society where they don't have any power. And so w- the system is doing exactly what, what it was built to do. Uh, it, was, it was built to promote uh, white supremacy. And when you think about the score, test scores, when you think about the, the focus on test scores uh, being used to judge schools and, and, and performance, all of it, all of it is, is going right back to the same thing, white supremacy. And so when you think about um, the, the plight of teachers in this society, if they try to do anything to help black children, then they're going to they're gonna be looked at as an enemy because, because the goal is white supremacy. And so, you know, the, all of the, the way the schools in the south side are, are uh, underfunded, the, the, how hard it is to get a building, uh, a building built for our students, right. um, the, the lack of resources, the, the, the curriculum itself, all of it goes right back to building up white supremacy. So if you are an educator in that system, first of all, they're going to try to get rid of you emotionally because they're going oh, to uh, promote you. I mean, they give, uh, give you a whole bunch of things that you, that you feel that you cannot do. And so a lot of people leave, this, leave the, uh, the, uh, the field because they don't want to put up with all that stuff. But meanwhile, on the north side of town, they have all the supplies they need. They have the students that, that are uh, achieving already with, with minimum um, interaction with the teacher. They're still mm-hmm. performing. And so it looks like those stu- schools are doing better. And that's why you got Negroes who want to send their students, students to those schools, and they end up getting treated crazy and, and getting put in special ed and get suspended 
um, more than more than other students for the same uh, infractions uh, because because white supremacy is the uh, is the overall goal. So how do we get away with that though? Like how do how do we get the schools on the north side? They get all of, like I know what's that North Atlanta? Oh man, Bruh. North Atlanta University. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> bro, for I real? Rolled, I, I rolled by for... accidentally and looked to the left. I was I was eating that one. It's some kind of I guess um. Louisiana, some style restaurant up there. I had gotten invited to lunch, and they have this big buffet on Saturday, and it's jam packed. Right. So I didn't want to get back on the interstate, bro, Keith. I just wanted to take the scenic route. And I, I've always heard about North Atlanta, but I never, I've never you seen see the that motherfucker. But I was riding by, e, I looked to the side. I'm like, did that sign just say North Atlanta? Because I see this huge space. I said that couldn't have been the high school. And then, you know, just so having a state patrol in the roads, I couldn't do the bus that you because I wanted to bust a you here and go right back and see it. But just by me getting that glimpse, E, and seeing that the disparity was so, it was just so much disparity, brother, that I said, man, there's no way in the world that is a school in the system that I teach in. And they are saying that we are using taxpayer dollars to make sure that we have equity and whatnot in education. Tunja, you've already just hit, Tunja just hit the big ball out the park, but let me just kind of do do it like getting a, a single, a double, a triple, so you'll see how we got to where he is. Right here, I, I always make sure, even when I'm talking, because I want to make sure that Negroes kept on, we talk about just black stuff, it's not going to make sense. So I got a white author by the names of James W. Lowen, and he wrote the book, Lies My Teacher Told Me. Also, he wrote the book. <laughs> this is what I do, Kimbone, when people talk about standards. You might have heard me on my live the other day. I said, I don't talk about standards. We do the standards. Mm. We do history. So check this book out right here. Teaching what really happened, how to avoid the tyranny of textbooks and get students excited about doing history. Well, did you, did you recommend that? In North Clayton, because you know AP history. Yes, that's it. Yes, that. that's exactly and, right. Because uh, uh, Mr. Nora taught it, but yeah. they made us read that, bro. And man. So Mr. Nora was my neighbor also when he left. Mr. Nora was my neighbor. Yeah, yeah, so I made my students also, man, teach, um, learn, um, don't know much about history. See what I'm talking about? So now we're bringing it together right here, Keith. So here's the here's the dichotomy that we need to look at, E. So right now, I'm thinking about the vision for Awaken the Genius Academy. Right. And here's the language that I'm talking about now. So, Bone, we don't care about the buildings anymore. We don't care about what they won't give us. Right. We don't care about his story. We're only concerned about our story because his story is a part of our story. Mm. See, we've been taught that. We, and no, no, black history is a part of American history. No, our story right. encompasses everybody else's story. Right. And when you can make a young brother or sister, Say, hold on. You mean, hey, you like my hammer's walk? Man, I'm loving that natural do you got. That reminds me of Never Tedi right there. Who is Never Tedi? You know, man, what is my favorite mantra? My mantra in class I'm not concerned about your answers, I'm only concerned about your questions. questions. See, if I can get you to say, Who is Never Tedi? I don't have to say, Go and read or do homework. You're going to go and do homework. And then, he, he, man, Carter G. Woodson, this brother was so ahead of his time, man. The miseducation of the Negro. And when he talks about the miseducation, <laughs> this gets us to parents. It gets us to stakeholders. We like to use these fancy words that regular people in the community don't understand. Right, but right. I don't really, I don't want to go up there because I feel embarrassed. I don't know what a stakeholder is. Hey, do you, do you want to know what a stakeholder is? Yeah, but how do I find out about it? See, we're asking questions right now. This is how you find out. You right. ask, what is a stakeholder? Right. So, even when we talk about miseducation, you can't educate 
children in the building if their parents aren't educated on who their school board member is. Right. Because it's about accountability. See, when you start showing up at the school board meetings and you say, look, check this out. Right near my school right here, we have guys hanging out on the block. We got this going on. So what are you guys going to do to ensure that our kids get to school safely if you're not going to allow a bus to take them to school if they live within this radius of the school? Mm. What about when you walk down the street to my school, eat nothing about it says, Cambone, you're headed towards an educational facility. It almost seems like you're headed towards a warehouse. Yeah, and this real. has nothing to do with anybody in the leadership or anything in my school. I'm saying the city. So, E, when you ask how did we get here and why is this thing different that we're fighting with right now as far as education is concerned, the system was never designed for our children to be anything more than workers. Hence, I conclude my answer with this right here. An enemy called average. This system is designed to build average kids who can pass milestone tests but walk out into the real world and you will see them at graduation without an education. So that's the dynamics that we're fighting against, but that's the dynamics that I think people like Tunji and myself, we will be changing very soon. Right, and it goes back to something you said earlier um, where you said that they never even challenged you. There was a study that was put out um, that that demonstrated that Great uh, black children don't even get don't even receive instruction on grade level. They don't mm. even try. And then then they did another report where in that same study where they tested the the ability of of black children to work on grade level and they were able to do it. But if you have never if you have never been given the opportunity to work on grade level, they're not they're not even giving you the work because they don't have any confidence in you or they, or they or they don't want you to achieve that. Then you know you never even get a chance to demonstrate that you have the ability to do that. Right. And so, uh, so it's not even an issue of not being able to do the work. It's a it's an opportunity to do the work in the first place, and those opportunities are not being given They're to our children. So, 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 one more thing. So, it, it, the 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 thing that we have to do is get pe- people that are not scared to tell the truth to the children. I've never, in my 21, 22 years in education, I have never been afraid to tell the truth. We are in a, we are in a uh, uh, all-out educational war. Right. They, are, they, they are trying to kill us uh, educationally, emotionally, spiritually, and physically. And so, so when, it, when you tell the truth, then you, the people know what the problem is. But if they never know what the problem is, then they don't even know what they're fighting. They don't even know that they have to fight. Right. And so, so my thing is, we have to tell the truth to the students to let them know. Okay, we have these buildings. However, this is the situation. But but we need to be able to fight, even though we have this building. If we, if we don't have enough books, we need to be able to learn, even though we don't have the books we need. So we we are in a war. So when you when you tell children that they are at war, they act, they act like they're at war, and they they are prepared for it. Right. But if but if we but if we scared to tell them the truth, then they don't even know uh, know where where to begin to fight the war. Right. Hey, Tony, if I can jump in there, man, because you just threw a perfect alley hoop there. Um, Eldred, I think when we came on, you said that we were going to be talking about the state of education. Mm-hmm. But I'm very clear we're talking about the state of schooling, not education. Because that. there is a that. very big difference between education and what you just mentioned, Tony. I mean, that, that just got chills on my arm. I just had, if you follow me on my live on Facebook, Eldred, the most recent one, Tony, I want you to check it out if you haven't had a chance to see it. Keith, um, I want you to check it out also. I just had my students. To do all standards, bro. I mean, not only the standards, we did the elements. We broke it down. We looked at the milestone. We looked at the benchmarks. We looked at everything that you could actually think about. And all I did was create an environment. Going back to that quote, you can't high jump if the bar is set too low. I gave them the rubric bone. And I told them, look, man, I expect for you guys to read like how to get the maximum score first. We're not even concerned about what, what you just said. We don't even want to look at how to get the lowest score. I said, as a matter of fact, I want somebody to break the rubric. And I don't know if you get that right there, Tony, that language, but I want to break the rubric. There's some things that you guys got when we start awakening your genius that 
I'm not even, I don't even have the capacity to teach. Right. You know what I mean? Because right, that right. genius that's in you, I just need you to allow me to pull it out. And when we did our micro teaching, bro, all I can tell you is this right here, E. Those kids, man, had, and these are ninth graders, those kids did something that blew my freaking mind, Keith. They actually had, at the same time, doing a teaching assignment on Civil War and dealing with the Underground Railroad, they had an escape room that they built in the class. They came in early, cut up garbage bags, had the room set up a certain way, had clues buried in the classroom. E, do you hear me, bro? And you you, you got to find you got to find the words. E. You got to find a word first. That then you got to come back and tell your student teachers what the word is, and then they'll let you know if that word is correct. So you can go and find the object that is synonymous with that word in order to locate those clues. The word was habeas corpus. I guarantee you, eighty percent of the adults in America don't know what habeas corpus is. Exactly. Are you with me? But these are ninth graders. I'm not teaching. All I'm doing is sitting back, recording, and watching. Now, at the same time, you have another student who's in the hallway outside from what the two other student teachers in the classroom are doing. She's conducting, bro, uh, uh, um, what do you call it, a scavenger hunt. And with that scavenger hunt, she sends them to the um, English teacher classroom. English teacher has um, her board set up, so they listen to a song from Harriet, the movie, and they listen to this song, something that she said to her mother. That directs them back to the teacher herself. She sends them to the office. The office has a clue in there that sends them to the nurse. The nurse has a clue that talks about the, the movie Fahrenheit 451 that I taught them about Fahrenheit 451. And the, and the clue, he says, um, well, what was something that they did not want? Oh, oh hear you yeah and they said burning them books they said the library so the next clue must be in the library so they go to the library and the librarian gives them their final clue that sends them down to the back hall on their way to the back hall keith i see you smiling so you know bro this is education that's why i said the this, state uh, of, y'all 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 hear that this is a day of school yes sir this is a regular day regular day in class yes i want y'all to hear this shit and you do hear my passion bro i'm right here Andrew. What, what's the title of this book right here Andrew? but this right here is grit the, the power. power of passion and perseverance. The power. Of, do you feel me right here? See, we want to make our kids passionate, and then when we make them passionate, then we want to make sure they understand that we are teaching what really happened, and we teach them that there is tyranny in the textbook, but somebody's going to want to know what is tyranny. See, I'm not going to tell you that, but you ask the question. I'm not concerned about the answer. I'm only concerned I'm about, about the question. question. Students get excited about doing history. See, they are doing the escape room. They are doing the scavenger hunt. But then you got kinesthetic learning going on. Students are moving from place to place in the building while other students are inside the room. And it closes out like this. They going down to the bank hall, bro. Keith Tunja, man, if this don't make your heart, just do something right here and say RBG all day, every day. They get to the bank hall and one kid on the way down says, I never seen this part of the school right here. And another girl said, I didn't even know this hall was back here. And the last kid said, man, this feel like the real Underground Railroad right here. And we go down, man, and the girl has a sign. She said, hey, man, this is it right here. You guys, y'all can sign for your freedom and change your names. And when they walk up to the thing, they sign their names. And I'm just watching, man, and my, my live go out. My, my battery dies, bro. In the last three minutes, my battery dies. And they miss, like, the most important, I think the most powerful thing that happened in that lesson. This is what the little sister says. A beautiful chocolate sister bone. She looks at all of those um, students and she says this. She said, even when y'all had a chance to get your freedom and change your name, y'all still chose white names. Mm. And we went back to the class. I told the class, I said, man, 
I did not cry at my own father's funeral. Not because I did not love him. I mean, you know, because we were taught that you're not supposed to cry. I said, I'm literally fighting back tears right now because that was probably the most powerful student teaching or just teaching lesson I've ever seen. And you guys have inspired me to be better as an educator. And you are ninth graders, and I will put you up against any 11th graders in America who's taking the milestone test where they're going to just be reciting and remembering all those facts that's going to get them past the test. They're going to pass the test, Keith. But if you ask them any question the following day about anything they've learned, or to think critically, to think critically yeah. if you ask them right now, hey, I need you guys to go out into the community, going to Eldred's original question that got me here. I need y'all to go out into the community, man, and um, see why people are treating like blacks the way they are in 2019. And I want you to juxtapose that with the way blacks were treated during Reconstruction, Jim Crow, and all that stuff. And then I want you guys to do some deep thinking innovative thinking. I want you guys to actually look at the presidential power that you just learned about under Lincoln, and then I want you to compare it to what Donald Trump has at his disposal right now, and he can use it at any given time. It's not that presidential power change. And now, what would that look like if he decided that all black men should be detained along with brown men and black children and brown children? They're doing it at the border right now. So you guys are not concerned because they're not doing it to you mm -hmm. right now. But the Asians weren't concerned until we had the Chinese Exclusion Act where they detained them. And the natives were not concerned until they started doing what we know as Thanksgiving and the very people they fed detained them. And, man, I'll just stop right here, E, by saying, man, I get so passionate about this stuff right here, man. We are our own worst enemy. And like I said, man, we are moving towards an era, and Tunji can speak to this because he's an administrator, where people are talking about restorative um, justice. But I think, E, the thing that we're missing out on right here, man, we need to be focused on restorative respect, restorative rewards, and restorative rules. Because at some point, we have boundaries that students have to acknowledge. Because if we don't acknowledge those boundaries, here's another book. Y'all know I told you my books tell the story. And this book is entitled Boundaries for all my good Christian friends out here. This book is Boundaries, and it says when to say yes, how to say no, to take control of your life. And I think that is where we need to be starting at right now if we're going to take control of our lives because we are the model that students are looking to in order to help them to take control of theirs. Let me, can I say something about the, uh, the lesson? Um, you know, when I go out and do workshops for uh, teachers, one of the things I always talk about is this concept called linguistic constipation. Oh. And if you, if you Google that, if you Google that, you'll, my name will come up, linguistic constipation. Uh, and what it, what it talks about is when you have a situation where we focus in on word walls because, you know, you have, always have administrators going in and say, oh, you need to have a word wall up. Yeah, uh, you have teachers uh, getting students to look at words and put them inside of a notebook. So they have all these beautiful words inside of a notebook. They have all these concepts memorized in their brain, but when it's time to use it, in, use it in context, they can't get it out. They linguistically constipate it. When they have all these words memorized in their brain, they can't get it out. They linguistically constipate it. And so we have to put give our students meaningful opportunities to do the Concepts, meaningful opportunities to, to practice the standards because what we're doing is getting them to mem memorize the standards but they can't get it out when it's time to use it in context so we have to give them meaningful opportunities and use it in context and, and give them real life situations that's exactly what you was doing give them real life situations so they won't be linguistically constipated because I could tell Coming to North Clayton was the first time that somebody like how you said do history. Yeah, I could tell the history department there y'all really influenced it because that was the first time I learned not to just memorize. I mean, to your point, mm -hmm. you didn't keep us with notebooks and stuff. It was more about concepts. It was right. more about like, well, why did they fight this? And I think it was in your class when you first kind of. 
talked about how the history repeats, mm-hmm. and if you look at the pattern, it's like they're doing it again. again it's like, right. well, hold on. Yeah. I, I never paid attention to World War II. I just needed to know the dates. Right. Now, now, why did it happen? Yeah, right. How exactly. did it start? Mm-hmm. Who helped who? Hold on. Who was really wrong? Right. Who Vietnam War? Who did the, Like, it was so... So for you to say that to this day now, I think yeah. that... um. People overlook that part when it comes like to history. Like they just have to memorize dates and stuff. Yeah. But to me, history is like I'm is one of those like bottom line things. Like if you had to go learn anything, when they say like you're reading, writing, and arithmetic, yeah. I'm like, nah, you gotta get some history too though. So can, right. you, can I ask you a question? Because right right there, we got the student now. And I want I want everybody to hear this student and what's happening right here in front of us. This is organic. You said I can see right now that the history department at North Clayton, no, bro, the, the our story department, the reason both of us had to leave North Clayton because they weren't ready for what you were ready for. Hence, check this book out. This book has nothing to do with education, but I brought this. Keith, I'm telling you, these books tell a story. His needs, her needs. Now, this is talking about working on your marriage, but think about that from the student perspective, his mm. needs and her needs. Mm. See, we're talking about what the need of the system is. We need to get test scores. We need to get graduation. They call it CCRPI. College career, um, CCRPI, college career readiness, um, um, CCRP, um, something index. I don't know what the P is, P is right now. But um, here's the thing, Keith. When you just said that, how many classes in high school can you walk out the door immediately and apply everything that you just learned in class? Now, I'm not talking about applying dates because nobody cares about the dates. How hmm. often do students get asked, why was Dr. King assassinated versus um, when was Dr. King assassinated? Right. I could care less when he was assassinated. I'm concerned about why. Uh, and when you said, Tony, I'm reading your definition of linguistic constipation right here. You say, when you're teaching, always introduce and use words in context. One of my mantras in class is content versus context. Mm-hmm. See, I can give you the word revolution in science, and revolution means something totally different than it does with the American exactly. Revolution. But you know the definition, and you pass your test. You got a 100. And I did this right here, y'all, and I just digress. I said this to one of my um, econ class. I taught econ, bone. I gave them the entire glossary printed out. And I said, whenever we come to a word, I want you to highlight it. They said, hold on. You're going to give us the whole glossary? I said, yeah, we're not going to waste time doing busy work. Writing definitions, nobody ever learned how to do, do vocabulary Ooh. writing down definitions, man. And nobody learns vocabulary 10 words at a time. You know what I mean? Vocabulary is something like right now, if I said to you guys, hey, man, we're just going to do the root today. One root, and it's going to be C-I-R, sir. Right now, just without y'all even thinking about it, because we're live on a podcast. Mm-hmm. C-I-R. What do y'all think that is the root of? What does that mean, C-I-R? Just C-I-R. Just think about it. The prefix C-I-R. Circle. Circle. <laughs> y- y'all see, I got engagement going on right now, right? Mm-hmm. So watch this right here. Oh, circumference. Uh, any other word, C-I-R. Circumnavigate. Have y'all ever heard that word? Now, watch this right here. E, even if you've never heard that word, circumnavigate, I'm going to put this word in context because we're not going to allow you to be linguistically, linguistically constipated. constipated. So watch this right here, E. I'm about, I'm about to give you context right here, E. Content versus context. Tune you if I can use what y'all notice I said at the beginning, I can take whatever he's teaching and I can jump right in because this is what we do together as educators. Right. So now, hey man, they say there's a big wreck downtown right now, man, so we need everybody to get on 285 so they can circumnavigate the city. Now, even if you don't know what circumnavigate is and you're taking the milestone test and they say circumnavigate means to A, to go towards, B, to go backwards, C, 
to go around or D, all of the above. Now, because school is teaching them to memorize, they're going to choose D, all of the above. It just looks like it's right. Right. They know that it means to go around, but it can't be that easy because Mr. Walker didn't even make us learn vocabulary the way that they make them learn in my homegirls <laughs> class. So we didn't learn those words. No, we learned roots. We're talking about word families and kids who do well on ACT and SAT. They're not learning a bunch of vocabulary words. They're learning word families and word roots. And E, when you start teaching it that way right there, look, they're teaching it in context and not content. So you're creating thinkers. You're creating thinkers let instead of people who shit, just do. Yeah. Let me say this shit. This is episode, this is going to be episode 17, right? Hands down, this is the least I have ever talked on my podcast. Because I just thought about it. I'm, I'm on here with some real fucking educators right now, bro. Like, and, and, that, and that's one thing about it. That's what happens to your students when they that's get right. in front of an educator. Yes. That student that talk a lot, that's all loud, that's always joking, that's always playing. When somebody start giving some real content yes. with context, yes. you just going to sit there and fucking listen. This is my fucking podcast. <laughs> I ain't saying shit because I'm just sitting here like eating this. <laughs> I'm eating this yeah. shit up. You yeah. know what I'm saying? I'm eating this up, man. So, And then this is unpopular opinion. This is unpopular opinion. Why I don't like that white boy. Oh, uh, Ron Clark. Ron Clark. Let me, t- let me, let me tell you. This is why I I don't like Ron Clark, because when Ron Clark is promoted, they promote the dancing and singing. Our kids dance and sing oh, at every fucking school, mm-hmm. nigga. And they making it seem like this white boy created something that has never been done before. And fucking, he's the education savior to black kids. Nigga, no, promote the light workload your teachers have, the money that you pay them, the resources that you have fucking available, the the, the ability for your kids to learn. Nigga, nigga, our kids dancing everywhere. You can't leave out. You can't leave out the Oprah effect. Come on, dog. And then you can't leave out that you handpicking your kids. Right. Nigga, what's your student that changed your life? The first student? Richard Centron. Bro, Centron ain't in no fucking Ron Clark Academy, bro. Yes. Like, that's why I say fuck that motherfucker. Period. And I know motherfuckers that love him. That love him, think he the greatest thing to ever happen to education. I'm not even an educator, and I see you're not. I see what it is. But this shit right here, what Walt was just talking about, what Tunji talking about, and then uh, Walker ain't lying. And he would be a nice when he said you going to his school. It's like you going to a factory. You going to the trap. Yeah. Let's be real. Keep it one thousand. Let's be real. We going to the fucking uh, trap when we go to uh, Walt's school. I, I be in that motherfucker. Yeah. So like for you to be doing what you doing, you ain't got no Oprah effect. You're not picking the students you want. You're not hand picking according to their grades. According to their behavior. Lexile scores. You know what I'm saying? You, you're not fucking handpicked. Nigga, you rolling the dice. If I get Tay-Tay, the nigga ain't ate all day. Yeah. Who mama ain't in the house. Who daddy in prison. Who in games just because he needs somewhere to fucking sleep. Yeah. 
When I get Tay-Tay, I have to educate this motherfucker. And before I can educate Tay-Tay, I got to love on Tay-Tay. I got to let Tay-Tay know, hey, boy, you know Walt care about you. Now, the reason I had to do what I did in class, Tay-Tay, because what I'm not going to let you do as a boy is talk to me as a grown man who has paid my dues and earned my respect. And Tay-Tay, if you want to go over to the Clark Academy, man, let me let you know, though, they already going to let you know, Tay-Tay, your grandma can't afford it because you already don't have Mom Dukes at the house. Dad doing 25-year bid. Walk is the closest thing you got to an exit ticket, bro. And let me tell you this right here, man. I love you so hard that I give my left and my right arm for you. But I also love you so hard I would not let you take either my left or my right. And you can take that and use it as a, a piece of content or you can use it to understand the context. That's what we do. We connect the dots. Yeah. We ask the right questions. We relate to Tay-Tay. But more so than anything else, we expect more from Tay-Tay than he expects from himself. That's bruh. exactly right. That's what care is, bro. So tell me this. Guess, let's get to this part. These videos we see him floating around. Oh, my God. Internet. Horrific. Let's get to that. I mean, because you done seen it. Yeah. Y'all done seen it in real life. Fuck the videos. Y'all living it every day. Yeah. So let's talk for them from both sides. There's the side with the I want to talk to about the mother that came to reprimand. Like when that when I seen that video where the mama came and whipped her son in school, everybody I was like, shit, what she do wrong? <laughs> Nigga, that's that's Paulette Washington. I'm gonna be real with y'all. Y'all mad at y'all mad at that woman? If y'all mad at that woman, y'all mad at my mama. Yeah. I one thing about it, I bet that was the best she ever been in school. Yeah. I bet they want to acknowledge that. That motherfucker was raising his hand. <laughs> that, motherfucker, <laughs> that motherfucker got him. He didn't get out of his chair for the rest of the day. I just heard about the video. I hadn't seen it. And I'm like, you, he secretly, on the inside, you know, people say, well, look, I, I know what you do. No, you really have no idea what I do. I'm full fledged in support of what she did because my mom was one of those people who came to the school and she only said, this is how quickly the conference was over. Them folks had to call me off my job. And then, dog, really? she, I won't say what she did eat, but I just tell you, there was some physical contact. And she left the school, and the last thing she said that kept me on my toes, on pins and needles for the rest of the day, she said, I'll see you when you get home. That's the most dangerous. That's the most dangerous. Look, but here's the funny thing about that video with the mama. Have you seen the video with the mama? With the mama woman inside? She said that. She said, you got these folk called. The only thing she did wrong for me, motherfucker, you uploaded to Facebook. Oh, she right. uploaded it. Yeah, yeah that. Bought, bought somebody with her. Like, yeah, like she was a, oh, like she was a yeah. newsman. Okay. So. Okay. Nah, nah. That's the only yeah. thing she did wrong. Right. Wow. Like my mama would never have posted it. That's right. But she would have been at school. Yeah, like and she gonna hit you with the yeah, see when you get home, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. nigga, that that see when you get home, or or the worst part for me is I be there when I get home, yeah. nigga. That's when you go to sleep at four o'clock. Yeah, <laughs> you close you close the blinds, nigga. You close the blind and go to sleep. Don't eat dinner and hoping you wake up and it's the next day. <laughs> like, so so what, what's your thoughts on that video? We'll start with them parents because we always talk about parent involvement. You know what I'm saying? Parents ain't coming to teacher parent, uh, parent teacher conferences. What's your thoughts on the video? True thoughts. Yeah, I mean, when I first saw it, I was. I, I was saying, you know, why in the hell did she bring somebody up there to film? Like she, like she going to a news reporter or something. <laughs> like she an investigative reporter. Yeah, it's like wasn't it wasn't necessary. So, so my thing is, you know, my, what's the purpose? Um, that's what that's what came to my mind. What was the purpose? What, what was your purpose really? Was it to get him to do right, or was it to show everybody how, what kind of mama you are? Right. And then also, and, then, and I went, and I also looked at, it, I was thinking of a cycle, um, a hood cycle. Where where she she call them niggas talking about she gonna bash them in the face. All yeah, she has some she has some rough language. Right. But you know, so so yeah. so my thing is you know, but but the thing about it is when it come down to it, 
black children and white children are different when it comes to discipline. Right. We, uh, I used to get slapped in my face. I used to get uh, beat down. But I knew my mama loved me. And right. I knew that she was doing it because she loved me. Whereas white children, they, they jumping off buildings and stuff when they get that kind of discipline. And right. so we have to look at it in a, from a cultural perspective of, you know, what's the difference? And, and you can't judge discipline in a black household like you judge it in a white household. Exactly. And so, so you know, when you look at all those videos, I mean, uh, I know you're going to go to the one where the beat down in the classroom, where the, the black teacher beat the white girl. She went to jail. Then you had another other video where the black boy had got into a fight with the white teacher and he went to jail. So, right. so something, something just ain't right. Like Keith Sweat right. said a long time ago, something, something just ain't right. Something, something. So, yeah. so we have to, we have to look at this, you know, in the full picture. So she get her child taken. So, okay, I say that I, I missed, I, I heard it, but I want to make sure I heard it. You said a black student gets into it with a with the white woman, and he goes, goes to jail. The black student, yes. And then what's the other scenario? Then the, the other one was the where uh, the the white student punched the black woman in the face, and she and she beat the the white girl ass. And the teacher, the teacher go, to, go to jail. Is that the one where she stomped the girl? Oh, yeah, she stomped oh, her. But I ain't going to lie. I, me and Q talked about it. I was like, that's probably what got her. That's <laughs> I, I'm talking about, like, I'm talking about, I'm talking about, I'm talking about, bro, look, I'm talking about, I'm talking about the teacher putting them haymakers on her. Bop, 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 right there. I ain't got nothing wrong. The girl hit you. She white. It's her fault. Mm-hmm. When you pull her out of dress, her, her desk, and then you hit it with that last finish. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> but I'm talking about the girl head bounce, bro. That's, that's the girl head. I was like, yeah, but yeah. But we talking about context, though, bro. <laughs> no, no, no. I know. Punch, I know. You punched your teacher that. in the face. Yeah, so no. had she not done the stomp, she still would have been. Yeah, she's still gone. But I'm just saying, for me, I wasn't feeling bad for the white girl until I see that stomp. I was like. But, but well, I, yeah. I, 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 want, I, want him to, I want him to finish the story because I just yeah. want to make sure I heard what you were saying. Because I. I uh, no, I'm saying, I you know, when it comes down to it, because like I said in the beginning, you have education. The educational system is one of the pillars of white supremacy. But then you have the media. And then you have, uh, you know, the legal system. You have the media system. All of these systems are systems of white supremacy. And so when you look at the story, how they reported it, it was a lot different from when they reported the story about the black boy and the white teacher. Yeah. So, so I'm that. talking about the reporting of the story. And then in the end, the black folks all went to jail and the black woman got her child taken. And so, so I think it's all part of a system where you, it's all about institutionalizing black folks. Right. And so, so that. That, that was the end of it. That was the end of the, each of those stories. Some, some black person was institutionalized. The, the, the black boy who went into the foster care system, the, the, um, um, from the parent who got to discipline her child, the black boy who uh, who uh, beat down the white teacher, he went to jail, and the black teacher went to jail. All of them were institutionalized, and that's where this whole uh, prison to pipeline, I mean, uh, school to pipeline, prison uh, school to prison pipeline, pipeline yeah. is all about. Let me ask y'all this: um, How how do we? Okay, so what about when it's a, a black teacher and a black student? How should we? Because some of the other videos I see is mm-hmm. that too. Yeah. How should how how should teachers handle those situations when you got the student yeah. in your face like a grown person? Now you have one instance where the student might actually connect and hit you. Yeah. You have one where the student might just be a lot of talking rah rah. Can I like, can I it? jump in right there? Well, they said I they said a high schooler suffered brain injury. <laughs> Let me just say this right here. That's, that's called propaganda right there. So then now we've been to go now. That little now, motherfucker already had it. She yeah. had had brain injury. No, no, but, swing but, but, on but the that's, that's the propaganda machine. Dead Prez talks about right there. That's on propaganda. So right now, so why what did they say that about the other teacher? When, when the, so he gave two scenarios. So the black teacher who jumped on the white girl, the, the girl has brain injuries. So what happened with the other situation when you got a black kid who? Ju- 
Yeah, so I guess the white teacher got brain injury too. So everybody who's on the other side of it, if they don't look like us. But I want to get to what Keith is saying. I just experienced that firsthand the other day. So don't think I'm always just super positive and optimistic about everything that our children do. We, I, so when I started out, yeah. <laughs> so let me be very, very clear, um, bro, Keith. I was um, thinking about this when I look back at restorative respect, restorative rewards, and restorative rules. I'm very clear. My um my educational philosophy that people always ask me about, and I have not actually said it because I don't want anybody to try to steal like what I do. And I'm saying that like some trademark kind of stuff. But I would just share it once again because I'm just dropping nuggets for you guys today with my one of my best friends and educators in the room. It's firm but fair, demanding but care. Firm but fair, demanding but care. So I had a student just literally last week in the office, man, I'm coming in just to call a parent, you know, a parent. I don't go to the office, man. I've probably been inside the office with a student in 23 years, probably four times. Seriously, in 23 years. Same I wasn't man. even coming there to you like to do it. Yeah, I just long, wanted my, my bad. How long both of y'all been teaching? 23, 23 years? How long you? Since, since 1998. I don't know yeah, how long. Yeah, mine 96. Yeah, so mine. Okay, cool. And I always base everything on like my daughter when she was born and when <laughs> I played. And everything happened that same year. <laughs> All right, cool. So what I'll say is I walked in really not even trying to get the kid. And I just told the kid I'm going to call his mom, set up a mandatory conference because he's lazy. It's all outdoors. There's always just tired. I'm like, bro, what? you must work at Magic City somewhere. You know, like, what, what's going on in your life? So when I get him to the office, man, immediately, Keith, these two kids who are just like um, academic terrorists, they just walk around the building, man, cursing grown folks, not going to class. And you know, it's like, how do you not see these kids right here, man? This is what they do all day, every day, and especially around fourth block. You know what I mean? When school is getting ready to end. And uh, I walk in the office, man, and these these two brothers, man, went to curse, and you would thought that, Tonya, we were out on the block. And one brother even stood up, man, and this brother right here said, bro, I swing on this B-A-N. And I, Bitch ass nigga for those listening. Yeah, man, I just want to let you know, man. Then the other little brother, you know, like, went to popping and capping, and I said, bro, you 115 pounds, homie. You too little to be talking to a grown man like that. I only have nephews that small. And they would not dare spit that fire that you're spitting right now. But you're protected by this educational, um, um, I would say this educational facade. Because it's not, a, it's not an institution of education. What Tunja was talking about, man, this thing is preparing you for two places. To let you jump up Hell in our jail. face right there. That's exactly right. You Man, you about to be buried six feet deep, or you about to be with some grown men who ain't ever going to see daylight again. And you're going to pray that you had educators who cared about you, who tried to get you in the classroom, who tried to give you some experiences that you could not understand. So, Keith, at that point, if you said, well, they didn't hit you, man, yes, they did. If you know how much work and how much blood, sweat, and tears I put in this community, that brother would, would have been better off swinging on me. Right. Because he just, just destroyed. Yes, sir. He destroyed every single iota of everything I've done for every black child, black parent, black grandparent, black um, educator, black, as well as my Hispanic, all those things, as well as my white, all those things, as well as. So what I'm saying is, bro, I tell people we're, we're not monolithic. People act like. If I said that, no, man, they should not be suspending kids. You know, black kids get suspended more than other kids. Now, we're not talking about that exception to the rule, Negro. We're not talking about that, kid. So, Keith, I think if you um, find yourself in the school of the future that I'm going to be that leading. That kid for Parham. He put, say, yeah. Parham supposed to be here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, that's, that's what a Parham student. That's that segue you were telling Fred we're going to talk about. Right. Every kid is not built for that building. There are some kids who need an alternative educational site. 
And that kid that I'm talking about, he should not be there because we allow that kid to curse in the well, those two kids to curse a teacher who has the respect of everybody. And here's a here's a caveat, y'all. I don't teach any of those kids. Those two boys I'm talking about, I didn't know their names. I don't know anything other than they've heard me check somebody in the hallway. And now that's how you're gonna try to get your stains or whatnot in the street. And then what they fail to realize is like, bruh, that stuff you capping right there. Man, you on Cleveland Avenue? I know blood's on Cleveland. Them cats been in my classroom. I know them cats who are claiming, you know, like, Crip out in fourth season. I got dudes who I hang out with right over here on Rockwell and Malin and McDaniel Street. So be careful when you start capping because you don't know who I've gone to federal court and testified for. But you don't understand it because the streets are not even educating you on how the streets work. Are y'all with me? Right. So what I would say is this right here, man. We we, we got to get to a point where enough is enough. We know teachers should be professional and whatnot, but there's no other profession on the face of planet Earth where you will allow somebody to walk in and swing on one of your employees and you tell that employee that he or she is supposed to be the professional. Even if you're working in a fast food restaurant, you're not going to let somebody come in there and swing on you and not defend yourself. And God, God forbid, if you swing on a police officer. Right. So you know, our kids are getting killed for raising their hands. Our kids are getting killed, man, for what looked like a gun. So imagine if you come in and you tell a police officer what that kid told me. I will swing on his B A N, like Elder said. He'll give you the expletive. Bitch ass nigga. With that being said, right there, that kid would probably have been buried this weekend. If y'all follow him. If, talking it, if about. you would have said that to a cop. If he had said that to so, a cop. So like I said, it goes back to teachers. I set up the field. Dude, I, 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 that was perfect. It's a system, right? It's a yeah. system. It's, I mean, look, I just want to show this for a while. But, but let me just say one thing. On the, on the north side of town, that child would not be doing that, though. Yes. Uh, right. Hell no. You're going to respect that shit. Right. And that system is set up to protect those kids yeah, from those, those kids. Right. So he let, won't even be there. And right. Let me say this right here. It also told you, you understand that what you were just alluding to, I find out later on that one of the kids, he's special ed, so if he's already been suspended for nine days, even if he had escalated that situation beyond where it went, he can only be suspended up to 10 days per year. So that means you got to be strategic in how many days you give him, regardless of the infraction. So when you start talking about the kid on the other side of town, see, now you're starting to talk about manifestation and words that people in the community don't understand. So right. what is manifestation? You need to come to the school and see. So if that was your mama in the classroom and kids were cursing them like that, you'll want to go ahead and go to war. But <laughs> now, because you're on the outside watching the news report, like one of my boys, E, last year at, at my school, Got lost his livelihood, bro. About a young Negro who's always in the school high as a kite. Negro disrespected everybody, but all the public showed were him slamming him on a table in the library. They did not show the whole background of the story. And I'm saying this is my personal friend, and any chance I get to be on a microphone, I want to make sure people know that this dude lost his livelihood, y'all. We're not talking about him getting suspended for two days. That kid is probably somewhere terrorizing another building because he's not even in our building anymore. He's probably right. at another school terrorizing right. the building for the very stuff we're talking about. And a black man who was a graduation coach at my school who the students loved because they knew he cared about where they were going once they left that building. This man is out of a job, man, about a Negro who does not mean anybody in our school any good. That's why I wanted Parham to be here because Parham teaching that population. Yes. So Parham, he's at the uh, at Promise Center. And I met with Parham Boss the other day. So that's why I love the Let Us Make Man Network, man. Because we, we don't, typically our name like EBT in the hood. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? Everybody accept that shit. So, <laughs> like, so I'm meeting with the motherfucker. And, and I'm like, yeah, I know a couple of people in your building. You know, Frederick Parham, that's my letter. She was like, oh, Parham. She said, before Parham got here, the GED instructors were scared to come to work. She said, these kids are rough. 
She was like, these are, she said, this is like the collegiate level of all the badass kids in high school. <laughs> <laughs> she said, they graduate high school. PhD or roughness. <laughs> and they come here. Right. But anybody that know Parham, you know Parham, he a real smooth, but don't let the smooth say fool you. That, yeah. that Dallas come out. And I asked him the other night, even we went out for his birthday, I was at the table. And this is how we operate organically. I say, bro. When you gonna invite me out there, man, to come and you know work with the kids? He said, "See, that's what you know." I part here and talk. See, that's what I'm talking about. Walk these other Negroes out here. They scared to come to my school, and you just ask, "When can you come and visit?" Man, I'm just saying, like it's 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 levels out here. Yeah. To this shit, and and, I, and I'm glad you said that. When when we talk about black kids getting suspended, we ain't talking about them niggas, man. Get them niggas up out of that's there. That's right. Get them up out of there, bro. Like straight up, if you if that's you, and that's guess what? It's somebody that is equipped to, to even love you. you. That's right. That's what Parham for now. That's exactly now right. if Parham can't help you, then we got some brothers like Doug Evans and all those <laughs> brothers who deal with that next level of it. So Dre, they got Hayes Prison. Hayes Prison got some brothers who right. will deal with you on that level, and you will do what they instruct you to do, or you will do what those brothers who are doing 45, 50 years up there at those max level prisons tell you to do. But right. at some point. You gonna the, do? You gonna do what somebody tell you to do? Like it's just the name of the game. So, let me ask y'all this, um, because I mean this conversation is good, man. And um, yeah, I know, I, I know, I'm about to have to wrap up. I don't, I'm I, way past my time. No, I just got to ask, man, because <clears throat> one of my issues was I, I actually want to teach. Like anybody who knows me, they know yeah, Mr. Keith. They know Mr. Keith. They know I teach. They know I actually want to teach math, right? But why is it so hard? Especially, I guess it seems like to me for like black male teachers, like everywhere I go, they say, "Oh, we need you, like we need you, we need you," but then it's hard to like get in. Or when you get there, mm-hmm. told you a principal, you can get them a job. You get, you get down, you, you they hit you with the hammer. You know what I mean? Like, cause I, I I can understand it. I was in your class. I know how revolutionary it was. You you put me on dead prayers. I'm like, that ain't no fool's rap. About <laughs> That's right. Like, stuff like like that that deep. You know, I heard some bars before, but now nah, they were on it. And then they get you out of school. So, like, how do you get in? How do you stay in? Or, or should we even be aspiring to do that? Should we be trying to look for alternatives and go into At Promise and working? Th- like, what? I think, I think, um, especially my, for black male. I was about to say, my right hand man right here, I think the first step, Tony took the first step. We got to get revolutionary brothers in those positions that he's in, in administration. But then we got to get revolutionary brothers who run the system. Because at the end of the day, right. I won't talk, it's, it's no particular system, it's systems in general. They were not designed for us. If you just think about when schools were segregated. Bro, we were getting the hand-me-down books from other schools, but we were we were creating people. Carter G. Woodson wrote this book here, man, in 1932. If you if you read the book, The Miseducation of a Negro, you really have to have a dictionary beside you when you're reading it. So what happened? He didn't write this book in a magnet or IB program. He wrote this book, man, when we did not have anything. People did not even want us to be educated. And this brother right here writing, you can stack it beside any of the PhDs and scholars that we have in the world, regardless of race or background. And this right here happened in that type of turmoil. So Keith, to go to your point, imagine what happens when we wake awaken our genius and we realize that we've always had what we wanted. Big Mama was a mathematician because Big Mama could actually make Kool-Aid and Big Mama didn't have to measure by uh, she didn't have to measure how much sugar she put in the container. 
Big Mama was a scientist because if you got hurt, Big Mama knew what the remedy was to cure you. The only thing Big Mama wanted to do was make sure that her boy could go to school to become a doctor. Right. And Big Mama had the man down the street who worked at the clinic who didn't have a high school diploma who said, hey, check this out. I know um brother named Tunja. He works out here at this high school out here. Go out there and tell Tunja that Big Mama sent you via me. And Tunja going to say, look, check this out. Now, this system right here, there are a few little potholes that we're going to have to avoid, but once I get you in the door now, it's going to be up to you to stay inside the door. So, Keith, to make that uh, abbreviated, I'll just say this right here, man. Alternative, we got to start thinking alternatively. I'm saying systemically, I, my kids came through the same type of education, and sometimes I feel like I dropped the ball with my own children. Sometimes I wonder if when we homeschooled my daughter for her eighth grade year, I wonder if we should have just kept her out, kept her out. and put her in Aya. I'll put my son into Quilombo. M Hotel uh, Academy. Academy. And um um I, I just think like to have a teacher like you told you, and I and I digress right here because we want to go into the administrative side. I couldn't imagine, brother, and I'm saying this publicly on this podcast, I couldn't imagine how great I would have been had I had an administrator like you who gave me the green light to make sure that brothers like him didn't have to come on a podcast and ask this question. I would be grooming him as a ninth grader to be a math teacher. But I can only imagine what I would have been if y'all would have been my teacher. Jeez, I, I, I was, same me. <laughs> I, I would have wanted to be my own teacher. So I mean, because when it comes down to it, we we at home. You know, we go home after school. We uh we we do our homework. We go to bed. You know, play on video games or whatever. That's it. But you spend most of your waking hours in a school building, That's right? And so these people have a whole lot of influence on your life, and it, and so we need people in there who can take advantage of that and do the right thing. And we have too many people who are not willing to do the right thing. So, the people who are not willing to tell the truth. This is what I want to do, because I'm about to have to wrap. I literally had this conversation. How many hours? Well, let, me, let me ask this question real quick, though. I, I think you sh we, most the majority of our, of our children are in that system, yeah. and we need more dudes in there like you. That's right. So, so I would say, yeah, yeah the alternative thing is, is good, but our children are in the system right now, and they need you in there. Right. That's it. You can get my boy a job. You, know, I don't think, you want to teach elementary? <laughs> no, uh, he wants to teach high school. Hey, yeah, I, he I, got, school, I got I got some plugs. I mean, we'll yeah, talk yeah, on, yeah, off yeah, the we'll podcast, over, but yeah. we definitely got some plugs. And I think Tunja, it could not have been wrapped up in a more perfect boat. I'm sitting here now, and I'm only talking about my students, kind of like what Eldridge said. I'm talking about my children because I know they could navigate. If I pulled them out the system, my daughter just graduated college last year with a 4.0 GPA and went in the intern. Penguin Random House or whatnot, you know, um, one of the big publishing houses. So it wouldn't have mattered where, but I just think there's a lot of context that is missing from the African-centered perspective that she and my son could have benefited from that. Sometimes you can't give when you're the father. Right. Because, you know, you got pushback between you and your significant other. Like, well, hold on. Everybody don't want to learn this stuff. Well, they got this and that going. You know, you know you've been down that road yeah, I'm talking yeah. about. Are they too young? Yeah. And I'm always no wondering. Yeah, you're, no not, too 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 you're young. not too young yeah. to learn about Columbus and all the lies. I'm so proud of my daughter texted me. I said, what y'all learn about Columbus today? She said, oh, I had to tell the teacher Columbus that you find America. You know, they killed the people. Yeah, so right. so what I would say to you, man, to like with that baby saying that, and this is what Tunja was trying to say in so many words, or this is what he said, not trying to say. We need soldiers on all fronts, bro. It's kind of like being in the military. You started out talking about the military. We need, man, we need soldiers, man, during peacetime. We need soldiers during wartime. We need soldiers, man, on um, 
on every side of the on each hemisphere. We need soldiers, man. You know, like in white institutions. That's why we had our W. E. B. Du Bois. But we also need that sub that soldier man named Booker T. Washington. We need that soldier named Martin Luther King. But we also needed that soldier named Malcolm X. We needed that soldier who said, "I want to integrate and be a part of the Little Rock Nine. But we also need those soldiers who said, "No, man. If if that doesn't work out, you can come back home." So what we would say to you in a nutshell: the majority of our kids, man, they're behind enemy lines. And I think Waukesha, Baba Waukesha says it best. He said, it's our fault, man. We let those babies walk up in that school by themselves. Black men, we should be ashamed. And I think about that all the time. And that's why it's so hard for me to leave this system. Because once you lose the walls, once you lose the tunges, once you lose the brothers and sisters out there, because it's not just brothers, it's some sisters out there who are some revolutionary, hard-fighting soldiers on the battlefield. But mm-hmm. once we leave because of that frustration that's being created for us, then who protects the babies really. yeah. yeah they are out man first of all let me uh i appreciate y'all thank you e. i appreciate y'all for this this has been dope this one i always say this but i be meaning it I, sometimes i be in the conversation i be like damn i can't wait to go back to listen to this because you always miss some shit you know what i'm saying like it's some shit that you ain't hear so this is gonna be a great conversation um i'll wrap it up this way i just want to um you know y'all to speak to the community and tell us how can we what do y'all need from us to help us save our kids what do y'all need us to do um what is something you want to say to get off your chest like, like if it's just, this is just your opportunity this is your soapbox just to put it out there and um almost marching orders in order for us to repair or start the process of repairing the damage that the schooling system, not education system, but the schooling system is doing to our kids. I'll start with you, Tony. I mean, first of all, learn what the system is all about. Um, be truthful. Um, participate. You know, come up to the come up to the school building and and, and participate. Um, stay stay involved. Learn learn the whole political system on how schools are funded, uh, how teachers are chose. Uh, what 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 uh, what are the graduation requirements? How t- how uh, schools are um, um, judged by CCRPI? Learn all of that stuff, and we and also learn how to communicate with with people in the school building, yeah. because sometimes it ain't necessary to come up there cussing and going on because you're not gonna get too much accomplished that way. So mm-hmm. learn how to communicate with the with the people in the building because you can get more done in numbers. From a from a political sense, then then come up there come up there trying to cut somebody out. Right. So just be involved, stay involved, get take control of your community schools. And the way you take control of your community schools is to get involved po- politically. Uh, go to the the board meetings, speak up at the board meetings, learn learn how to, the stru- the structure is organized, learn how it works, and then just just participate. That's what's up. Walk one hundred. Eternal educator. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> Number one motivator. All the days of my life, E. God has created me for this very moment right here, Doc. <laughs> and I think Bone, if I can, man, I'm just going to take that handout from you right there. We're running the veer right here, E. Okay. We're running that veer. <laughs> okay. I'm going to take that handout. I'm about to take it to the house, Bone. I'm headed down that sideline, E. And what I say is, man, being that I am a shutdown corner, academically speaking, um, sometimes you just got shut down had the field, man. I just say, hey, well, y'all got no walk down hard football, bro. <laughs> yeah, man. I'm, I'm, I think, I think I'm the Deion Sanders of 
um, education. Prime time. Yeah, prime time. <laughs> prime time. E, 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 I would say, man, if you're going to shut down the field, tune your head, man. You got to hit this thing, man, from all angles. But everybody can't be everything. You got to find your Dion in your community. That brother who goes to the neighborhood planning unit meetings or whatnot, NPUs. Most people probably don't even know that we have those things in the city of Atlanta. Right. So when you get to those meetings, it might be like three or four people who show up for the meeting, but that's where the real work is being done. Right. So when you get there, your voice all of a sudden, you go from being a parent who didn't know what to do to a parent who gets to come to those NPU meetings. You're asking questions. And, and trust me on this, E. Somebody going to say, so who is that parent right there? Right. Well, who is that person right there? Well, look, I don't even have kids at that school, but I know I'm a taxpayer in this community right here, and our children deserve better. So that's that language that you got to start speaking on. And then remember that one person can be a majority. Right. We're always waiting on this big flock of people to come and say what we need to do in the community. There are a lot of people in the community, at least where my school is located, they don't even realize it's no longer your community. And I tell my students all the time, when they put that bicycle lane on Cleveland Avenue, it was no longer your community because nobody has had bicycle lanes on that street for as long as your grandparents have been there, for as long as your parents have been there. And now all of a sudden you think the bicycle lane was there for you? No, that, that community is gone now. So now I think we started out, somebody was talking about the music. When they talking about jumping out the bandos, those bandos that they were rapping about jumping out of, they should have been rapping about purchasing the bandos. Because now our school is literally about four and a half to five minutes away from a golf course. Literally four minutes around the corner, if not three minutes around the corner, you have a new porch plant. Literally five to seven minutes down the interstate, you're right at downtown Atlanta. Literally right down the street, um, you have Run Clark Academy and you have Carver High School that has been taken over on so many different levels. But there are houses near Carver right now, Tony, that I heard that have been appraised for upwards of $400,000. Those houses, some of them used to be the bandos. Right. So with that being said, E, what do we need from the community? First of all, we need the community to know that it's C-O-M-M, lowercase, U-N-I-T-Y, all caps, come unity. unity. So if we don't have come unity in the community, then that in itself says we're already 10 yards behind in the shutdown corner who's fighting on the other side. He's intercepting everything we're doing. And I'll leave you with this one thought right here, E. And I think this is like probably the most important thing. I'm going to actually read to you what we need. And this is kind of like a rough draft of what the mission of Awaken the Genius Academy is going to be. But it says students will be provided a clean, fun, safe, rigorous, and nurturing environment that exposes them to programs, partnerships, and a 21st century curriculum that focuses on entrepreneurship, innovation, arts, problem solving, culture, etiquette, and essential skills necessary to ensure that they have access to capital, technology, exposure, hands-on experiences, and opportunities to adequately prepare them for their mission. This will be done in a measurable, results-driven environment in which all students, staff, parents, and stakeholders' accomplishments are celebrated and rewarded. So, E, I just address everybody in that right there. You did. It's tangible and it's doable. Would you say so, Tony? Definitely. 
And that's it, man. I'm just telling you, my mind is on a whole nother um, wavelength right now. I shift my paradigm, and I'm ready to be the leader that our community, our parents, other stakeholders need in order to answer a majority of these questions that we did. But I want it to be something that we can replicate, not just something that's done in Atlanta. Right. I want it to be something that's duplicatable. And now we start to change the paradigm by creating our own system that can be replicated all over this country and this world. ATG, Waking the Genius. Waking the, the Genius. Yes, sir. Hey, oh, yeah, we are officially in. Let us make man season. Yes, I want to let y'all know it's going down the last Saturday of April. Yeah. April 25th, 2020. It's going down. Invader Clark Atlanta University, uh, baby. Hey, you. Ooh, yeah, about to pop it. Uh, how y'all want them to follow y'all? What y'all want to know? Social media. Um, on my Instagram, you can follow me at Mr. M R Awaken A W A K E N the Genius T H E G E N I U S. You can also follow me on Twitter at Mr. Awaken Genius because I don't think I was able to use all the characters. <laughs> but just try Mr. Awaken Genius on that one right there. In Facebook, um, you can follow me at Kena K E E N E. Walker, and then I have like some pages, and I just give you the one, um, Mr. Awaken the Genius. So, hey man, we look forward to hearing from you guys. Look forward to building with you, following you back. But let's have some real conversation. I, I, I will block and delete you if you bring negative energy to any of my pages. But I just got blocked by Fifty Cent. <laughs> Fifty Cent just blocked me, man. Cause I was exposing a nigga for some, a lot of stuff, man, and uh, <laughs> that nigga blocked me on social media. I, I said that shit to Keith. I said that shit to Keith. I was like, bro, yeah, I like this. Yeah, yeah, I like yeah. this is proof that what I was saying was true. Cause that nigga blocked me. <laughs> like that nigga wow. blocked me. So yeah, man, fuck you, Fifty Cent. And I'm Baba Tunji Ifara News. B A B A. I'm about to say spell that shit. B A B A T U N J I I F A R I N U. So that's why I'm Facebook. Uh, IG everywhere That's why I'm Follow man Hey look y'all I appreciate y'all For tuning in As always Do me a favor Listen Share Rate And review And lastly man Just support our educators man uh, If you had an opportunity not nah, Fuck if you got an opportunity Make the opportunity Volunteer in a classroom yeah. Adopt a classroom Yeah Um uh, fuck doing school back to school drive for kids. Do it for the teachers. You know what yeah. I'm saying? And then I know it's gonna get to the kids. You know what I'm saying? Get the teachers some paper, some pens, and whatever hand sanitizer, hands, everything yeah. that they need. Get the get it to the teachers. Look out for them. E, um, can I say this one thing right here? Yeah, yeah. Because what you're saying is so relevant to what we need. Because we you just asked what do parents need to do. Man, let me just say this right here. Don't drop your kids off at middle school and pick them back up after high school graduation because that middle school Ooh, is when they need you wee. the most. Parents are always told you're bringing the hand sanitizer and stuff up when they're in elementary school. And then when they get to high school, man, we got brother Fred Parham who's sick right now. We're working with kids who sneezing and shaking your hand and yeah, doing all this Fred stuff. And I will say this right here. If you're listening to this podcast, man, my room is available at South Atlanta. It is the most engaging, interactive, collaborative space in America. I want you to come and catch me on surprise because I'm the Air Jordan of education. Pop up on me any given day because we're not just preparing for people to walk in our classroom and catch us doing the curriculum framework and all this stuff right here. We're talking about babies who are learning. They need to see you also. So I need to see you. Tunja needs to see you as an administrator. Our babies need to see you. Our parents need to see you going there because they need to know that, wow, I'm volunteering to support your children when you don't. So maybe you need to be that model that speaks allowed to encourage them to come in because maybe nobody taught them how to be there for their own children.
Man, we'll end it there. Appreciate y'all. See y'all next week. Damn, Buffer. My, my, my. Aren't you my little songbirds from the cafeteria? Weren't they with you? Who, these guys? <laughs> well, I'm sure you've learned the school song by now. You better know it. Because this time, if you don't get it right, you're suspended for 10 days each. Now, is that clear? Is that clear? Yes, sir. All right, then. The school song. Let me hear it. All right, fellas. Let them hear it. Fair east side, by the sun you will stay, and always praise the name. Who taught you that? Answer me. I know you didn't do it yourselves. Sam's. What? Who taught you this song? Speak up! Mrs. Powers. Mrs. Powers, eh? Come with me, all of you. 